This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline. You're every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. Not every Wednesday because we weren't here last Wednesday, True. of course, because it was Thanksgiving, which for those of you who are international, it's a day that we all unwillingly go hang out with our families. Such a chore, too. It's uh, You usually travel really far. Uh, it's a big pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. You hang out with your, your relatives, that you, whom you pretend to like, eat way too much food, watch football. I think some people really do like it, though. Cause like, no, a lot. I'm being super I know cynical. Like, on my social media, there's people who are like super happy in their families. Yeah. I'm sitting there just so mad. I'm like, uh, I hate being here. I'm just like looking at like up Instagram, always smiling people. But that's because you're the world's largest hater. That's true. That has ever if existed. If I could just be alone, like in a cave, I would be. That's that's no, my Thanksgiving. No, you would right find there. something to complain about. That's true. There'd be you, like you would an find ant. something to complain about. An ant and would be miserable. making noise. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, this cave isn't. There's a draft. Yeah. Ah, ah humbug, yeah, humbug. That's true. No, I actually had a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody did too. Um, I went and hung out with uh, my cousins. And it's funny, they're really lucky. They live on a street where um, they're like a young couple and uh, they have three kids and every other, pretty much every other house on their street is another like late 20s, early 30s to mid 30s couple with kids. And all the kids are within like plus or minus five years of each other. So it's like this legion of like munchkins running around and everyone's friends and it's, they're really fortunate that they moved onto a street like that. It was a lot of fun and got to see my aunt, and my uncle from the UK, uh, who I obviously I don't get to see him that frequently. So I had a really good Thanksgiving. Uh, I know yours was a, a little less. Uh, I had the flu. Yeah, a little less awesome. So, even more humbuggy than normal. Yeah, and uh, and then I know Mariana went home for a week. Yeah. Bold move. Bold move. I can't. I love my family, but a week is way too long. Way too long. Like my dad will start like berating me for everything, yeah. and just it Maybe just gets crazy. Yeah. Oh, and then I always end up doing grunt work. I know you get to do that too. Yeah. Whenever I go home, my dad's like, "Yeah, I really need someone to like till the like the the backyard and like get all the rocks out of it." And I'm like, "Oh, sick." Yeah. Why don't I just, just get can't wait. Gardener. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's I'm of course kidding. It's always a wonder wonderful to see family, especially if you're spread out like a lot of us in the United States are. You don't really get to see him that often. So it's really good to go and spend some time with him. But that's why we didn't have a show last week. And now we're back this week and excited to catch up and talk about all the cool stuff that's been going on yes. since we were gone. And of course, if you can't catch us on the live cast here on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Center Time on Twitch, you can catch us on iTunes or on YouTube. And starting next month, you'll be able to listen to our podcasts on Pandora. So yeah, that's really exciting. I, I'm I'm really curious to see what happens. This is a pilot program. Pandora's just doing it. It's called Podcast on Pandora, mm -hmm. and uh, they have tens of millions of users. So theoretically, we should be able to reach a, a much broader audience. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it's exciting. You know, we could get 
potentially more people that get introduced into the hobby right and uh get, you know hey what is what are they talking about let me check this out yeah and uh we may grow the hobby and maybe pick up some new customers which would always be good because i like not being you know going out of business and broke yeah not not being poor is cool and it's cooler than the opposite <clears throat> living under a bridge yeah or in our cars mm. yeah i would uh, out of a can i've done that before yeah i yeah. do that now so <laughs> Afterlife, baby. So speaking yeah. of, of ways you can support Frontline Gaming, uh, this week's GW pre-order is some new Adeptus Titanicus models. Really cool. You have some Imperial Serastus Knights. Uh, these are Knight Lancers. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of a pack of three, you get a pack of two. They are bigger mm -hmm. than uh, regular Knights. Looks really, really cool. And there's a new Warlord Battle Titan with some different weapons, uh, one of which is a Mondo Power Fist. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. And then for those of you who still participate, there's a couple new Lord of the Rings releases. Hey, these are new. These are like plastic releases. They are plastic, yeah. which is a big deal. But uh, this Gandalf looks like he should have been riding, if it was a modern day, yeah. he'd be in a white windowless van that said free candy inside. No, this is cool. <laughs> I've always wanted to play this game. Doesn't that look very... Which one? He's, on, he's running away with a kid the on a kid, horse. Yeah. Well, you know, they're just special friends. <laughs> See, Doesn't it look? Yeah. I would the instant I saw it, I was like, even though I know I get the yeah. I get the context, I was like, that doesn't look, that doesn't look it's right. Just, He's like, stay away from my child. He's just taking him on an adventure. Yes. Okay. Just don't tell your kid. Don't tell don't your parents. Tell, don't tell your parents. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna ride on my magical horse, Shadow Facts. It looks like any other horse, mm -hmm. but he's magical. These are cool though. Like no, I, they I've are. actually I, always I, wanted I tease, to of course, but but um, it's tease. just not very popular. Well, then we also have uh, King Theoden uh, of Rohan. Mm -hmm. Very cool. One of the best scenes in the, the, the Lord of the Rings is when uh, the riders of Rohan show up and put the, the smack down on the orcs and goblins. That was great. I wonder what the push is here. Because it's not, not only are, it's, so these are, they're releasing all this stuff in plastic. It's reboxing for retail sales. So for the longest time, all of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit product was direct only which means you can't buy it in retail stores. Even in the game's workshop retail stores, you can't buy it. And, um, so they're doing this big push. I'm wondering if it was just something, a push by the studio. It was like, you need to get on this. Well, the game the game is, is profitable, right? Like there's yeah. people out there that play, but there's it, it, there's not a ton of- I've never seen a single person play this game. You know, the, the at the Nova yeah. Open, they have a really, really big Lord of the Rings tournament. It's the biggest in the world. Mm -hmm. And if you're ever there, go check it out because the terrain that they make is like movie quality. It's unbelievable. Um, you feel like you're playing in the... the so these are like historical movie. games. It's, I don't think there's a lot of crossover between uh, people that play a AOS 40K and, and the people play Lord of the Rings. Well, I, well, I mean, the people who are playing Lord of the Rings are like historical gamers. I, I don't, like I don't know, it actually. And, yeah, but I would imagine so, yeah. yeah. Like, one of our writers, uh, Chris, his dad is like hardcore Lord of the Rings fan, and yeah. he's so built... So it's like everyone's dad. We, he built like for all the settings, yeah. the major settings in the book. He's built mm -hmm. like you know yeah. Mordor and like all right. this crazy stuff. So yeah, I think the people who are into it are really, really into it. But I, I, I'm it's a natural evolution. Guessing. I think eventually we all transition into playing bolt action and Lord of the Rings. At some point, I'm going back to Avalon Hill games. At some point, we I'm can. going all the way back. <laughs> We cross the line. Yeah. We're like, okay. And we really start, we buy a lot of historical art books. And we start. I'd start. <laughs> I we already start have a bunch sure, of the yeah. Osprey, like, 
when I was a little kid, I was buying all the like, this book is about all the weapons from like 15th century, like yeah. French knights. And I'm like, yes, Here we go. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah. And then when I was a kid, I'd like write down all the stuff and try and draw them. He's drawing, write out the battle plans. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, nothing's changed. <laughs> We're getting close, man. <laughs> the day that we started playing the Avalon Hill games, that's when we've gone full circle. When I was a kid, here, this will this will date me. When I was a kid and I was just getting into wargaming, um, that you could actually, because obviously there was no internet really at the time. So when you would play with somebody, it would be like a pin pal. You would literally mail them a letter with your move. And then they would they would move your models on their board. And then you they would send you back their move and then you would move it on that. And you're like, woohoo, such fun. It was like one move a week. Wow. Yeah, because that was it was hard to find anybody that played these games right. back then, and that was how a lot of people did it. Was it was like literally you would mail them your move. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have plenty of time to think it out. <laughs> uh, we've come a long way. So uh, over the past uh, ten days, we had our Black Friday sale. Thank you everybody to those of you who have participated in it. Had some incredible savings to be had, and uh, we we released a slew of new products. So for those of you who maybe weren't paying attention, we wanted to talk about them just so that you could see some of the cool new stuff. Now, of course, it's not on sale right now. Uh, Black Friday sale came and went, but um, you can still pick these up and they're really, really cool. So this first one is, uh, uh, it's one of two products. Uh, it's the new dice box sets that we've come out with. This one is the industrial themed uh, dice box set. The other one is plain. It doesn't have any um, uh, ornamentation on it. And uh, we are working on doing cool stuff like being able to put your team logo or store uh, logo on these. And you're going to see these popping around. Uh, everybody on Team Zero Comp, our team, we're getting, uh, we're giving each member of the team one of these with our team logo on it. Yeah, I should, so, should not, not have left that team Yeah, to start my own team. You're out of here. Yeah. Uh, but as you can see, it's really cool. Um, it doesn't come with the dice and the tape measure. We just put that in there to show you kind of what it is. But what it does come with is a turn and score counter. Uh, and it also comes with wound counters, which there's uh, several small ones and one large one for something like a knight. Uh, and then it also has a measuring stick, nine inches for deep striking, uh, unit coherency, and then one inch away for melee uh, built onto it. So it's really useful and uh, we all love them. We've been using them kind of on our own and we decided to release it as a product. Check it out. Uh, it's a really affordable price point. We also came out with a new industrial cargo container uh, really cool thing about these is that they can stack as you can see in the picture there's two tabs on it and you can stack them up or you can make a little bridge out of you know three or more where they are kind of get they leapfrog each other uh, really cool very nice looking designed to go with the industrial terrain set but you can put them with any set we also came out with uh, four new bundles the orc village uh, collection nice yeah, it's like, kind of like Martha Stewart, but if she was a war gamer mm -hmm. and liked orcs a lot. So nothing like Martha Stewart. No, not at all. But uh, each one of these comes with one of each of the orc ITC terrain, including two of the new area bases that we've come out with. And they come with a mat. Uh, and uh, there's a tutorial up on the site explaining how we painted these. It's really easy to do. Uh, only thing not included in these are the hills uh, because uh, those are made of foam. But there's a tutorial on how to make those as well. They're very easy to make. And it also comes with three cargo containers. So really cool. If you were at the SoCal Open, you probably played on some of these tables or saw them. They were really, really popular and mega easy 
to get them to look like this, and they look great. Mm-hmm. It's a nice theme set of terrain. And we'll be coming out with more of these as uh, we prepare for the Las Vegas Open because we're in the process of making all of these as we speak. And if that weren't enough, we came out with a new entire ITC terrain set. Uh, not every piece in it is new, but there's two really cool new pieces in it. And this is the Airbase bla- air complete set, and it uh, comes with the airfield mat, and it comes with some of the field base terrain plus uh, the new hangar, which is gigantic, and a control tower. So you put this together, and it looks absolutely awesome. It feels like you're playing like a Call of Duty map or, you know, uh, a real-time strategy game, right? Like, it looks so good when you put it all together. Um, really, really, really cool set. Uh, quite a few people have already picked it up, so yeah, um, I dig it a lot. Well, we also came out with uh, quite a few new mats. Uh, Sector 17 is a new high-tech mat, uh, and these all come in all the different sizes. I'm just including the most popular size for each mat. 4x4 is really popular for this, obviously because of infinity, but uh, it looks really good in any size. And one of the terrain sets that goes really well on this is Interstellar City. Mm-hmm. Looks great. Uh, then we also have Planet 37. Uh, it's kind of like a blasted landscape with some like lava or black impact craters on it. Uh, really, really cool mat. It works well for Age of Sigmar or uh, science fiction games. And then we also have Space 2, which our Space 1 mat is kind of like an empty star field. Space 2 is a nebula. Absolutely gorgeous, very colorful, very different than Space 1. Right. Uh, and then obviously this would be great for games like uh, X-Wing, Armada, Firestorm, Armada. Um, you could probably play Drop Fleet Commander on it. They typically take place in high orbit, but you know if you want to play on a star field, you could. Uh, and then two brand new mats. It's really exciting yeah. for us because this is like kind of testing new waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Elemental Elf <coughs> uh, Magic the Gathering playmat size mat. We also have it in a desk mat size, which you put on your desk. We all use them at work. Mm-hmm. And it turns your whole desk into a mouse pad, plus it's gorgeous. Yeah, all day long just looking at that pretty lady too. You just had to go there, didn't you? Oh, yeah. The raw dog does not... It's distracting. Knows no class. I know. Or Trying decorum. to take phone calls. Oof. It is a beautiful piece of art. This is a completely original piece of art. You can only get it from us. Mm-hmm. We commissioned a uh, magic artist yep. who does uh, Magic the Gathering cards to do this work for us custom, and it's absolutely gorgeous. So you can pick one of these up, either in the Magic the Gathering playmat size, mm-hmm. and then you'll be the only person at your club that has one, um, or you can get it in the desk mat size if you really want to spice up your workplace. That's right. Good. And then also really cool, very new, uh, In Control TV uh, desk mat. This is the official mat of Jeff In Control Robinson of mediocrity in StarCraft, but exceptional in uh, broadcasting these events. Mm-hmm. Really good at talking about it. He is pretty dang good at talking about the video games and such. Really, really cool mat. Uh, this is officially licensed by In Control, so when he uses it at home, uh, check it out. And then again, you put this over your desk, Turns your whole desk into a mouse pad. It's great for gaming or working. We all use them at work. Yeah. Um, but we all have different we all have different styles. Yeah. But the in control one is pretty badass. It is. <coughs> so yeah, lots of exciting stuff, and that's not all. Before the end of the year, we've got a couple new, really, really cool uh, terrain sets and mats that we're going to be making available for you. So check them out. And as always, free shipping within the continental United States for orders ninety nine dollars and up. In any GW product you want to get is at a discount very cool so we've been trucking along with our age of sigmar learning league been having a lot of fun i still haven't played my army because i don't have enough models but i've been getting a lot of painting done which is cool having a schedule has helped me tremendously 
uh, hanging out with the guys, talking, you know, bullshit and, and painting. I've gotten more done than I normally get by a mile. Uh, so my piece of uh, Chaos Army is really starting to come together. Um, the stuff I've been working on recently, which was a Great Bray Shaman, a Doom Bowl, a Gorgon, and some more Gores. Uh, they're almost, they're getting to the point where they're almost done. I just need to do a little bit more detail work. And again, I'm speed painting them and they look really, really good. I'm, I'm really happy with them. Mm -hmm. So I'm at like almost 700 <laughs> points total. It's not a ton, but I'm getting there. And uh, next up, I got a start collecting box. I'm going to be adding oh, cool. to it. Yeah. And then uh, here we got Jason's <laughs> uh, skeletons, which... Ooh, baby. That's a lot of work there. You know what? You're going slow. Slow and steady. But... You're, you're making it easy on yourself, yeah. right? The skeleton horde is, is growing. It's I have them all good. the skeletons. I think you're doing a good job. And as you can see in this picture here, uh, it's a really easy paint scheme, but it looks good. Well, it, the bone's colored. Well, you got you started with gray and then you went to bone. If you give them a wash, uh, it's going to look really yeah. good. So anyways, just uh, how many more of those? 60 more. Yeah. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Are you going to get in the gash? No. I'm not using I'm doing um, Manfred. I'm doing a Legion of Night. So it's a it's a vampire-led army. Cool. They, they use skeletons as their foot soldiers. That's, I, I love the undead. Because mm -hmm. uh, for me next, I'm going to add some ungores just for sacrificing so I can summon more stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm going to take my unit of gores up to 30 to outflank them. And uh, I'm going to get in some best of gores, uh, Cygore. Because mm -hmm. in Age of Sigmar, um, you can target characters. They're just minus one to be hit if they're near another unit. Mm -hmm. But the Cygore, if he throws his giant boulder at a wizard... He gets to reroll the miss, so it's it actually makes him pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. um, and if everyone has wizards now because everyone's using endless spells, mm -hmm. so my goal with him is like I'm going to use him to assassinate people's wizards. He's going to throw a boulder on them, mm -hmm. twin link it. It's AP or uh, Rin two. Most wizards only have a five or six up save, and it's D six damage. So it's pretty good odds of just squishing them outright. And if you can stop them from using their endless spells or whatever, it's mm -hmm. a big it's a big deal. Plus, he's pretty good in melee, and he has two Deny the Witches or, or uh, Unbinding. Nice. So I think he'll be a really good addition to the uh, to the army. So that'll be fun. And then, of course, here's Scott's Squig Hoppers, which put us to shame. Yeah. And just, Him and Andrew um, are both, yeah, on different levels. Of, of Andrew's army, already done. He's already, like, abilities. Yeah, he's already, he's adding, already at, like, so 2,500 points. Yeah. yeah. I was, oh, and we picked up another uh, member of the squad, uh, Max and he's got a really cool Seraphon army. Yeah. He's speed painting his too, but they look great. It's like a red and bronze mm -hmm. scheme. I'll get some pictures next time. So again, if anybody's in the area, mm -hmm. um, we usually meet on Wednesday nights, but last, we met last night on Tuesday night, seven to nine p.m. Just email in if you want to come and kind of join the group. We're happy to bring anybody on. Yeah. Uh, so big news for this week, uh, past week. The Vigilus Open Day at Warhammer World in uh, Nottingham. Mm -hmm. They announced a ton, a ton of stuff. There's just so many cool new models on the way. Uh, plus Vigilus itself, mm -hmm. plus Chapter Approved, plus, um, uh, what is it? Slanesh and Corinth's Wrath and Agony or something? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember. It's a box set game. Yeah, to release new yeah. models, really. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's some amazing models. The first one, which I would... Any of you who've been playing the game for a long time like us, you remember uh, these models. This is a, a kind of a homage to the originals. Again, they put it on the Goblin Green base, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a noise marine. The video that they made for this is so funny. I haven't watched any of the videos. Yet. Dude, it's, a, it's amazing. It's like 
a lot of the guys from Warhammer TV are dressed up in 80s metal band nice. attire and they're like rocking out and he comes down on a pedestal. It's so funny. Uh, it's really, really good, but such a brilliant throwback miniature. I love it. Uh, that, that's the way the game was in the 80s. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Very cool. And then there's a bunch of new uh, Gene Sealer Colt models that they're showing off, leading you to believe that the Codex is probably on the way pretty soon. They've been talking about it. Do you like miniatures that are like non-action pose miniatures? I like... Yes, if they're done, like it's the rule of cool. If it's done well, okay. I like it. All right. Do you not like them? I don't like things. You don't like anything though. I don't. I like um, so like this Gene Steeler cult model. Like he's looking at a map. I just don't like that. In he's a war thinking game. and planning, bro. I guess, but like, I don't know. I've never been. A You're big hard fan. to please. I've never been a fan of uh, of like models that aren't in an action type battle pose, like running or or pointing or firing or something like that. Running, jumping, climbing. Something. Like, it's yeah. not an S.A. War game, you know? Hey, you know what? I think he looks cool. He's clearly, like, yeah. the thinker right. some of the sort of, team. Some sort of HQ model. But the next ones, though, the uh, dirt bikers, the yeah. ATV. Mm -hmm. I, I actually was lucky enough to see these models in person. <clears throat> They're amazing. Mm -hmm. These are some of the coolest models I've seen come out for the game of 40K in forever. I absolutely love them. You're going to be seeing a lot of these guys used as like Rough Riders in Ash Militarum armies and such. Mm -hmm. Just the coolest models. The ATV, he's got a, a demolition charge mm -hmm. or like some dynamite or whatever the hell it is. Uh, they haven't revealed that yet, but um, it, it's just too cool. I mean, it's Mad Max mm -hmm. under Thunderdome, dude, or uh, uh, Fury Road. I, I absolutely love the, the models. Like, so cool. Right? Do we know if the bikers have options or do they come like as is... I do know, but I can't say that okay. yet. Yeah. Um, we'll just have to hang tight. Uh, I think you're going to be really pleased. If you are a Gene Sealer Cole player, the patience will be paid off in a big way. Like, you're going to be stoked. Uh, and then the other one, big news, of course. Uh, this is has a lot of implications uh, that go beyond yeah. just the cool model. Is the new Marnius Calgar uh, doing the Disco Inferno pose, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but that's okay. So... Why is this big news? Not only is it an iconic model in the game, new new model, but he's a Primaris Marine now, which they've talked about. As a new Primaris. Yeah. So that's big news, right? Like, what does this mean for the future of 40K? And tactical armor. Oh boy. He's in he's in Gravis armor, right? Let's talk about what's going on with tactical armor. Uh, that's old news, bro. I know, but everyone's tactical armies. I mean, we'll we'll see what I, that's, what, what goes down with that. But if they're transitioning these characters into uh, Primaris, like Marnius Calgar, that's mm -hmm. that's a big deal, right? The story is progressing. And uh, the, what Vigilus is, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it's a new uh, scenario book. And it takes place on the planet of Vigilus, which is like a bridge between the two halves of the galaxy that's been separated by the giant uh, warp storm. So it's super important, right? Like it's like the Panama Canal. Like you, it's mega important to control this to keep the halves of the Imperium connected with each other. So that's why they're fighting and there's all kinds of factions that are there. Uh, there's Eldar and Dark Eldar and they're pissed because the Ash Militarum stuck a knife in their back and, and killed them. There's orcs, there's Gene Sealer Colts, there's mm -hmm. Chaos. And then this is the model I'm most uh, excited about mm -hmm. is this uh, Chaos Lord with a jump pack, Harkon World Taker. Mm -hmm. He, there's a picture of him next to Marnius Calgar. He looks about the same size, he's huge. So. Very, very cool, absolutely gorgeous mm -hmm. model. I love it. So can't wait to get my hands on one of these. 
But uh, it's really exciting because the Black Legion are coming to Vigilus as well to kick them in the nuts while they're down. Really cool model. And then, of course, next we have uh, Karnak. Uh, he's like the, the, the alpha dog. Yeah, of he's the, the character of the, of the corn dog. Flesh hounds. Yeah. And brilliant model. Uh, I wonder how big they're going to make him. They haven't shown he any looks scale. huge. They haven't shown any scale photos yet, so he's not next to anything. Yeah, I guess they haven't. But um, he looks really, really big mm -hmm. to me. And then, of course, you know, with the Wrath and Rapture box set, they've showed off a bunch of other stuff, like the new Herald of Slanesh right. playing the harp on the guy's back. My yeah. God, not, that's a good model. Not kid-friendly. Not, not those little kid cartoon books they're making. No, this is... Yeah. Uh, they have not gone soft on us. That is crazy. And, of course, there's no picture yet. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, they, you can see them if you do a Google search. They haven't yeah. showed them on Warner Community. Really exciting release. There's some really, really cool new stuff in there. Uh, they showed off the new Fiends. Yep. Uh, watch the video. Great. Yeah, they look amazing. Uh, and then, if that weren't enough, Chapter Approved is also Ooh. coming uh, in uh, 2018. At some point. And December 31st. They previewed a lot of the stuff that you're going to be getting mm -hmm. in it. Like City Fight, they were talking about new rules for City Fight and campaigns. They were talking about adjusting points for Green Knights. They're like, hey, like a lot of people's points are getting adjusted. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are. There's a ton of points adjustments. You're going to be really, really... And it's almost all positive, right? There's, there's, there's reason to get excited. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Especially if you play an army that's wearing power armor, you're going to be extremely happy with Chapter Approved. Um, really cool stuff. They're talking about how you can customize a character uh, for, for not for match play, but for, for narrative and open play. Just all kinds of cool stuff to get excited about for chapter approved. Um, uh, really cool. And then, of course, they showed off the new, I can't remember the name of the new Titan. It's a new class of Titan. Mm -hmm. um, it's the size of a warlord, though, right? It's a warlord Titan. I think he's bigger, but I, I can't. it's called like a Deathbringer or Warbringer or something mm -hmm. like that. I think it's Warbringer. Uh, but he's got a giant, like, crazy artillery piece on his back. Pretty cool. Thing is stupendously large. Yeah. Yeah. So, so much cool stuff. Um, they talked a little bit more about Sisters of Battle, and now they're going to have a beta codex in there. Um, just really exciting stuff on the horizon. It's just, so, it's like overwhelming how much stuff we're going to get here coming down the home stretch at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So, what are you most excited about, bud? Of uh, the stuff that they've talked about? Yeah. Coming out? Well, not the stuff that they haven't talked about. Don't be the leaky banana again. Yeah. I don't know much anymore. That's on purpose. Um, let's see. What's the lamest thing that I should be happy about? Um, you are such a hater. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, it's cool to see uh, Marnius Calgar uh, reimagined as a premier space marine because honestly, seeing, for me personally, Seeing the Primaris Marines compared to regular tactical Marines, they now, look so much better. It's like, why do we still have tactical Marines? You know, and I understand people's issue with it. If they have full armies of tactical Marines, they're like, ah, oh, don't. Get I, them. Have you, I have over a hundred tactical Marines. I understand, painted and based. But I'm like, let's make way for the future, right? I don't this know. Future, I, I have mixed. I have mixed feelings about it, and like. But I'm happy to see the resculpt because if we see Marnius Calgar resculpted and put into Primaris armor. Maybe we'll see Mephiston put into Primaris armor, and he'll look really cool. Or maybe we'll see Azrael, who hasn't had a model from he's the, from the second edition. You know, so like that's I think that's the thing I'm most excited about is seeing the reimagining of these characters that we have that literally not had resculpts since 1991. Some of these models are yeah. older than the people playing the game, right? And uh, yeah, me too. Like, because however you feel about them about Marnius Calgar becoming a Primaris Marine or not. Mm -hmm. 
that's going to depend on kind of where you're at with your own model collection, probably. But we've all wanted to see a lot of these models get updated, like Abaddon. There's that funny meme going around with all the different versions of Calgary. It's the same Abaddon. Yeah. Um, you know, like Asriel, uh, Mephiston, uh, Abaddon. Like a lot of these. Look at Dante. Dante. Dante's smaller than like a tactical model. Yeah, it, like, it would be cool to see some of these models get updated yeah. and have the plastic treatment and look amazing. Because mm -hmm. every character model that's come out, and like, we're, and we're seeing it slowly, like from a lot of other factions too. Like we're seeing, uh, like we just saw a new, um, what is that Eldar model? Eldrad. We saw Eldrad, and he's we, amazing. But we just saw a new, a new Eldar one came out with that box set with the Space Wolf or whatever. Um, it's the not a Farseer, it's Spirit Seer. The, oh right, the new plastic spirits here. Yeah, right. so, Karn like, got updated. He looks spectacular. Yeah. So it's like we all want these classic models to get updated. I think we all. I would. Yeah. There's maybe there's some curmudgeon out there who's like, no. Who has like the second edition rhinos and stuff? Yeah. Because my Azriel is still on his goblin green base mm -hmm. with the flock, twenty five millimeter. He looks tiny. Yeah. Uh, I like the scaling up of the bigger models. Right. The space rings like, Primaris Marines. They just look better. I don't think anybody's gonna mm -hmm. debate that fact. I do. Don't I, I don't want my legion like literally hundreds of painted mm -hmm. mini marines to go away or anything like that and I have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, but it is cool to to see how much better they look with yeah. the new technology. And as a business, they have to do it. They have to move forward. Yeah. Uh, it just looks infinitely better, right? And it's a company that sells models, so mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. But for the time being, I'm pretty excited about uh, about that too. But the miniature I'm most excited about, as I said, is Harkon World Taker. God, he looks so cool. I, might, I think I need to see a different angle for him. Dude, he's going in my Night Lord's army. And it might be the face, the, uh, the unhelmeted face. Well, it's only With, the top of his head that's unhelmeted. Yeah. He has a mask on. Yeah, and a spear maybe. Oh, I love it. He looks so dynamic and badass. I love it. We'll see. Definitely getting that, that guy. School's, school's uh, is not out on that one. No, yeah, well, you're a fool. Go back to school. It would have been nice to that have was like a, a sick burn. What if they had a, a re-sculpted Abaddon? That would be neat. I mean, I think everybody's been hoping for that for like 20 years. Yeah. So At some point, maybe. Maybe he'll yeah. show up in like 2020 when they're like, Vigilist is about to be saved by like the Imperium. And then they're like, here's a new Abaddon plastic model. And like, oh, okay. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I would imagine that they're going to update all the classic characters because why would they not? It yes. doesn't make sense not to do it. Mm -hmm. It just takes time, right? So at any rate, tons of stuff to talk about. And when we jump into the comments section at the end of the show, we'll be happy to answer you guys' questions and hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. But let's take a look at some upcoming ITC events this weekend. There's a lot of stuff going on. We have events as usual all around the world, but this is a big deal. Ooh. This is a big deal. Hmm. We have a tournament of Warhammer 40K in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Wow. We have, this is not the first ITC event that's going to be, or it is the first, mm -hmm. but we have multiple ITC events springing up in Brazil. I didn't even realize there was that big of a contingent of players in Brazil. So there's another Either. one, there's another one yeah. coming up in Rio de Janeiro. I mean, what's the which, player attendance going to look like? Dude, if they need help running an event, yeah, I am happy to we come do. and help. Because I've only been to Brazil once in my life, but it was one of the coolest places with the friendliest people I've ever been in my life. And if I could have an excuse to go to Brazil <laughs> once a year, I would. You just need a, a bikini judge, too. Yeah. 40K and bikini contest, 
2019. The raw dog ITC, is on it. Yeah, there we go. For ITC points. ITC points. Man. Let, let your, your girlfriends and wives know. <laughs> this is exciting, though. I mean, it's really cool because no, we have ITC events literally all over the place in South Africa, in uh, Malaysia, the Philippines, uh, South, uh, South America. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an event in Venezuela. Uh, there's going to be an event in Mexico. Just beyond cool to see how yeah. much it's, it's, it's spreading. Because a lot of the times I wasn't even aware of the fact that people played 40K there. Like you figure there might be a couple expats or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this event coming up in Rio, it's a, it's a Brazilian. Yeah. I'm like, this is a super cool. So uh, if, if you're in Brazil, run out and get your points. And we're live. Do you want to take a note? Fix it in post. Live television, folks. So then we also have a couple GTs uh, coming up. We have the Allies of Convenience Wales GT in uh, Cardiff. Uh, we have the Nowhere GT in Where are you looking? El Paso, Texas. Uh, the Military Gamer Supply, gotcha. Mm. Uh, we also have the fourth annual Portal Warhammer 40K, 40K GT, and that's up in Manchester, Connecticut. The Portal runs all kinds of events. And we have a major... This is one of the longest running ITC events in uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. It's the Games of Westeros 5, and that's in Westeros, Sweden. Interesting story. Uh, Zach from uh, the LGT uh, was hanging out here over the weekend, and we actually had some guys from Sweden hanging out the weekend before mm-hmm. here. Um, Westeros is the name of a town in Sweden that the, yeah. the books were based off of. I didn't know that. I thought they just called it the Westeros uh ITC tournament because of the books, but it's uh, Vesteros, Sweden, and then they, it's kind of a pun. Wow. And they were telling me about it. I thought that was really cool. Um, and uh, to our friends from uh, Sweden that came and hang out, we hope you had a good time. Yeah. It was fun hanging out with you. So all over the place, we got events. There's some in England, uh, a couple in England this weekend. So there's just a, in England. There's one in Kentucky. So just in England. Just, it's in the country of England. You got to find it. Yeah. So all kinds of events all over the world. Go get your points. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. And then we have some upcoming Age of Sigmar events, including a GT coming up next weekend, the Hammer of Sigmar GT in Spokane uh, Valley, Washington. Uh, get out there. Get your points. It's, not, it's nice to see this because in our December tournaments for Age of Sigmar, that number of events would have equaled like two months last year yeah it's, it's growing i mean obviously 40k is dramatically bigger than age of sigmar so right. of course there's more mm-hmm. events but age of sigmar is really getting seen mm-hmm. um it kind of slowed down a little bit when eighth edition came out to be expected mm-hmm. but now we're seeing it pick up and you're seeing a lot of hardcore 40k uh competitive gamers like jumping over to age of sigmar you got mm-hmm. uh ben moley bill souza they formed the uh, etc team which it's funny there's a bunch of it's funny to see the reaction because yeah. uh, a lot of people in the Age of Sigmar community are like, who the hell are these guys? Why are they on the yeah. ETC team? I'm like, they're on the ETC team because they did all the organization, got they it together the and formed the team. Yeah. team. Anybody could have done it. There yeah. is no like, there is no rules for getting it going. Uh, in the ETC, it's basically the, whoever, whatever country can determine how they do it. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was the exact same thing with 40K. Like the guys got a team together and then there was this big like outcry all of a sudden, all these people who were never going to go do it on their own were like, oh, how, do you, how dare you put together a team without like talking to the yeah. rest of us? I'm like... And how do they choose their players? They just they just talk to their friends. Like, yeah. who's available to go to Europe for a week? Me. Yeah. Okay, you're pretty good. Let's do this. Yeah. 
So don't get upset about it. You should applaud the fact that these people had the, yeah. the, the, the initiative to go make it happen. Now, if you think it should be done differently, first, first step, support the team. Second step, politely talk to them about, hey, maybe we can make this a little bit more egalitarian. But somebody has to take the first step. That was why it just amused me to no end because uh, we have a lot of people who play AOS to hang out here. Mm-hmm. And their community is going through a lot of the things that, that we did you know, 10 years ago um, just because it's new and it makes sense. But it's like, oh, wait, how, who do these people think they are? Well, they think they're- You're just like, oh, it's cute. I'm like, that's funny. I'm like, <laughs> we're, we're some of the people who are, who are outraged, were you ever going to go do this? Were you ever gonna go get the team together? The answer is probably 99% likely no. Yeah. So get over it, support them. If you think you're good enough to be on that, that ETC team for USA for AOS, mm-hmm. make it happen. Like get out make there- Make a name for yourself and yeah. then approach those players. Yes. And be like, hey, dude. And then make sure you have the time and money, and the money. to it's not, go to Europe. You pay for yourself. Yeah. Like it's out of pocket. Yeah, there, but there's no like there's national no committee yeah, or something. Nobody sponsors this. So. Frankie and I have been invited on the 40K uh, ETC team multiple times. Every time, yeah. it was when we were just getting Frontline Gaming going, we couldn't leave for a week. Yeah. Didn't have any money, didn't have any time. So a big part of it is just who is available to go, mm-hmm. right? It's not always necessarily the best players, but until such a time comes about that we have like the means to fund it, it's not gonna happen. Even people in the Olympics largely have to pay for themselves. So uh, it's a combination of of many things. Being good is only one of them. Being good at the game is only one of them. So let's take a look at the 40K ITC top five. It is heating up. We're coming into the lull in the season. Uh, As you leave Thanksgiving, going into December uh, for Christmas, New Year's, that's when the season really, really slows down. Everyone's traveling for family and uh, there's just not a lot of events. So we're kind of looking at the way it's gonna be coming into the the LVO. Like this is, it's gonna move around a little bit, but this is uh, largely going to be your top 10. Nick Nonavati is sitting pretty in first place with 755 points, that's a massive score. Followed very closely by Mike Porter of the UK who is an extremely good player. He was best general at the LGT. He's won several events over there and uh, he's sitting really close behind Nick at 744 points. So either one of these guys uh, obviously could win the whole ITC, but the amount of points that are gonna be generated at the LVO, you could be in 100th place, maybe even lower, and you could still theoretically win the ITC. So it's gonna be really exciting. These guys have spent the year positioning themselves that if they make it into the finals, and no one else that's you know really close in the score uh, goes further than them. They got it locked up, so it's it's going to be very exciting to see how it goes uh, at the at the LVO to wrap up the season. But I know Mike is coming um, to the LVO, and uh, Nick obviously is the the, the odds-on favorite to win. He won last year. He won the LVO and the ITC in dramatic fashion. Right. Uh, to to take it all it was really exciting, but uh, it's going to be cool to see how this goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent Northington of the Warhogs team is in third. Trent, another excellent player. Matt Root uh, is in fourth. He was a judge last year. He was like, I think I'd rather try and win the ITC because he's won it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, yeah, of course, that makes sense. Uh, and then we got Nick Rose moving into fifth place with Gene Steeler Colt. Nice. That is impressive. Yeah. That is an impressive feat. With an Index Army's top five, uh, he just won a tournament. He did really well to SoCal Open as well. Uh, and then we have to throw an honorable mention to our boy, Brandon Grant. The West Coast pride. Come on, Brandon. 
you can do it. Pride. You can do it. Yes. Also, yeah. also a pride, pride of uh, of uh, all cyborgs and androids everywhere. Right. But counting on you, buddy. Yes. You got to do it. <laughs> Bring it home for the binary binary code. Okay. The Gipper. Uh, 40k ITC hobby track top five. Matthew Bodnarchuk continues to lead the pack uh, with a very solid 476 point score. But Scott Rumpel is in second place. Not that far behind Matthew, and he only has four scores. So uh, it's going to be really exciting to see who wins the hobby track. And again, if you come to the LVO, it's going to help your odds dramatically to do that. Lou Rollins is in third. He was at SoCal Open with a gorgeous Death Watch army. Michael Giannone in fourth, and Michael Ralston in fifth. Well done. Age of Sigmar, current top five competitive track. Joe Cryer leads the pack with a significant lead, uh, although he is the only one to have a major score in there. Uh, Age of Sigmar is still struggling a little bit to get those majors popping up. They're hitting GTs left and right, but there's not that many majors out there. So again, it's largely going to come down to how you do with the LVO. Uh, Going into the next season, Adepticon has over 200 players registered for their event. So that's going to be a big one. Uh, it sold out. Congratulations to Adepticon. Their 40K and Age of Sigmar events sold out in two days. Nice. 8th edition is red hot, man. And they, they're on board as ITC? Um, they, I don't know if they're scoring yet. The, the, the Adepticon crew, they kind of do their own thing a little bit. But uh, I know a lot of their players have been asking to get their points. So, you know, we'll see. Possible. It's, it's totally up to them. But um, if they do, it's a big score. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest uh, score you can get in North America. Right. And then, of course, Adepticon... Uh, where they had the vote on, do you want to be in the ITC? And it was like 97% yes or something. Or no, it was almost all yes. There was only like two people who didn't want to do it. And a couple of people said, I don't really care. Yeah, okay. Which is pretty normal, right? Some people don't care about the points, but a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good way to get that to get that score. So uh, get out there, support your local events. And a current top five, Joe Cryer leads the pack, followed by Matthew Pashby of uh, our paint studio. Mm-hmm. Well done to him. Uh, kicking some ass. James Thomas in third, a local guy. Matthew Jones in fourth. And Bill Souza uh, of ETC USA uh, notoriety. We'll, pull it, we'll put it that way for right now. Uh, in fifth. Well done to you guys. Top hobby track. Uh, Age of Sigmar, top five. Sid Singh leads the pack. Followed by Philip Verduzco. Josh Lara in third. Ben Nelson in fourth. Joseph Halifacker in fifth. Shade Spire, current top five. We got Mike Course leading the pack. Andrew Everhart moves up into second. Brandon Ulick drops into third. Matt Everhart stays in fourth, and Tony Field in fifth. Those Everhart brothers are uh, they're crushing at the LVO. Shade Spire, nice crushing them. I want them to be dressed like the Hart brothers from WWF. That would be amazing, right? But one of them would be a zombie, though. Oh, because he's passed away. Uh... Okay, uh, how about from Jason. the 80s? Okay, yeah. from the 80s, in the heyday. Brett and Michael Hart, dude. That was so good. Owen. Owen Hart? Yeah. Oh. Come on. It's been a long time, <laughs> dude. Give me a break. It's been like uh, 30 years. Uh, here are some beautiful commissions out of the FLG Paint Studio. Wow. Check these lovelies out. And of course, really we're always good. taking new commissions. We're always hiring new artists as well, if you'd like to make some extra money. That's true. Uh, what, Jason, it's like what are you, a smorgasbord of different stuff here. Well, it's been, we had two weeks uh, that we haven't talked about it, so there's some gorgeous stuff. So why don't yeah. we talk about this first Relic Predator and Termite? Yeah, so this is actually um, a, uh, a 40K World Eaters commission. Um, the decals, though, uh, the client wanted to... Um, Put on himself. himself. Yeah. Got it. So, uh, yeah, this is a Tabletop Plus, uh, very nice and clean. Um, yeah, there's no... Not to be said about this one, but um, it looks great. Cool, clean base coat, weathering yeah. done. 
Very nice client, very happy. Um, next, we have a fell blade, extremely weathered. This is also a tabletop plus right here. Now, is this the 30K guys? This with... is the 30K Dark Angels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, now I see the symbol now. The cool thing, though, is this. So, one little side story just shows how cool our artists are is that um, the the guy that did this, the, the artist that did this, noticed that when, because the, the resin turret, the forge roll, can be hit or miss sometimes with yeah. how the molds are done. And how the parts fit together depending on when you get it, you know, in the in the production schedule or the timetable of, of the parts. So he, no matter what he did, the top was always going to scrape the paint off. So he actually he dremeled the um, the bottom where the, the turret fit in, and put in like a um, a cloth like washer nice. thing, or like a rubber piece that so like it would always protect it no matter what. And he just did that on his own. That's like, I don't great. want the art. I don't want the client to have any trouble with this. Um, so that was really cool. And then um, it's magnetized, like the the spots and parts are magnetized. So if the client ever wanted to come back and add anything else, I don't know if he can or not, but whatever. Yeah, the fill blade has some. Actually, it doesn't really have any options yeah, to be. But for like honest. transportation purposes. Yeah, and totally. Um, so yeah, very cool. Um, some freehand stuff done for the Dark Angels um, iconography. It, it's a gorgeous. You tank. can't really see in this photo, but the lenses all have like four colors on them. It's really yeah, it's just awesome. It's a beautiful. You know, Beautiful the, the scorching done, the burn marks are done correctly, which is, you know, important. So, I love this model. The next one we're it's looking a at. It's a It's a Trogoth hag. hag. It's a Forge World Age of Sigmar yeah. model. Anatomically correct. Wow. Yep. Just really gross Just looking. Barren, barren nips. It's great. It, so, I know, isn't it? The most, like, I would be terrified if this monster was coming after me. Yeah, so this one's also a Tabletop Plus. I think everything on this lineup today is Tabletop yeah. Plus. Um, which is our, this is again, guys, Tabletop Plus is our high quality um, paint standard. For um, whole armies. For whole armies, but also for single models. Masterclass would be the last step that you can go to, and that's that's like the, the highest quality that we offer. Um, and, uh, and then the next two are from the same commission. It is, for so the same same LR I, I love the colors on this. Paint team. It's actually, interestingly enough, last week or the week before we showed the Gene Steelers, um, it was for the same guy, same paint scheme. He just uses the same paint scheme for all of his different armies. That's interesting, but that's cool. Which is uh, like a coral, like a sea. It, it, if I remember correctly, like all these years ago, this guy got, um, he sent us a picture of a, a fish. And he's like, this, this is, what, this like, is this it. Is, this is me. This yeah. Is, I identify with this fish color. So um, that's what we've been doing for him. And so this is the latest thing that he did. Other, other than those I love these. gene stealers, he did um, this autark, which just, this picture doesn't really do it justice. When you saw it in person, you were just like, oh my God, like the amount of color. They're, Again, they're this is gorgeous. Plus, but like, I love them. The amount of work that this artist does for this client all the time. I mean, just look at the time that she put into this. It's beautiful. Yeah, so really, really cool. Very unique. Every, every weapon, by the way, on this, including the sword, the hands, it's all magnetized for the Wraith Lord. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, very cool. Hit us up if you want to get your stuff done. And hit us up if you are an artist that is looking to pick up some extra business for your own commissions. Uh, we have people that we work with that are independent and they get extra work on the side from us all the time. If you're a pro yeah. and you're, you're looking to make some extra money. Yeah. Preferences looking up. for people who do it currently. Um, who do it as have, a job and who have spirits or if you don't do as your as your actual job that you do um, you have a lot of free time to do it yeah because that is important so let's jump over and answer some questions in chat Justin Kimple just subscribe with Twitch Prime thank you thank you Justin Justin we really appreciate it uh, your subscriptions on Twitch 
help us to pay for all the stuff that's required to make the show happen. So we really appreciate that. Uh, Cavalier, random flush qu fluff question. Do you think Fulgrim was inspired by Griffith from Berserk? I'm only on volume 14, so no spoilers. First of all, uh, Berserk is the greatest comic book ever made, in my opinion. It's also highly uh, not for everybody. So a lot of times I have people email me and they're like, oh, I heard you recommend this. I picked it up. I loved it. Berserk is 100% adult, not for everybody. Yeah. However, if it's to your taste, absolutely phenomenal uh, uh, Amazon, uh, or not Amazon, but it was on Amazon. I just saw it. They're coming out with a collector's edition of Berserk where it's hardbound. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I think it's leather even, and it's mm -hmm. three volumes. I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be getting all of them. Nice. Yeah. But um, uh, Fulgrim looks shockingly like Griffith from Berserk, mm -hmm. uh, down to the the facial expressions, mannerisms, everything, right. down to the deal with the devil to sell your soul for power. Well, so yeah, I would say he's probably inspired from it, especially considering the fact that Berserk uh, outdates Fulgrim by years. When did Berserk come out? Uh, Kiaro, or I can't remember his name. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Mm -hmm. He drew the first volume of Berserk when he was finishing manga school. But what, 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 it was in the early yeah. 80s. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, so it was much before. Yes. But so, that, that, that is an archetype, though. It is. It is. For a while but the thing is, like, like, the, like, the weapon he uses, right. the armor that he wears, mm -hmm. the, the fact that he basically screws over his... Like, no spoilers. I'm sorry. I don't want to spoil it for you. But he makes it, there's a deal made Fulgrim, that Fulgrim makes that's very similar to the one that Griffith makes. Okay. We'll yeah. see. I, I think it's very similar. Um, I mean, who knows, right? But I think that, that considering the fact that we're all nerds and the people that were creating, uh, when, when Warhammer 40K was created, it yeah. took so many influences, so many other famous pieces of fantasy and science fiction. Mm -hmm. I think that it's highly likely. He also probably was inspired in part by Elric of Melnabone. Mm -hmm. um, from the uh, uh, Michael Moorcox books. But yeah, Griffith is a, I could totally see the connection. Uh, Justin Kipple, yeah, with your, when you subscribe with Twitch Prime, you have to renew the subscription every month. Yeah, it's weird how they do that, so. How's your company of heroes career going? Asks Deviant Dunk. My company of heroes career. company of heroes, apparently, at some point. Um, I finished the first game again. Um, I was just playing here and there, and I finished the campaign. It's great. I love that game. It's so good. Um, yeah, I, I play it on Steam every now and then. Uh, I love that. It's an old World War II RTS. Uh, Ghost Valley, I am so hyped for Chapter Prove. Dreaming, Marine Dreams, or Nightmares. Uh, obviously, we can't spill the beans on anything specific, but I will say if you play an army that wears power armor, you are probably going to be over the moon with Chapter Approved. You're probably going to be very, very happy. And they did say Grey Knight players would be happy. They did. So They did. Um, I, chapter approved is almost all improvements. Like, there's very few things where you're going to be like, oh, darn. Yeah. Uh, it's almost all going to make you smile for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it doesn't include, it doesn't cover everything. Things that are new um, won't be in it. But uh, uh, just hang tight. Chapter approved is amazing. It, it's really good for the game. The only complaint we're going to get is going to be like, I have to carry another book around. Mm -hmm. Just do what I do. I literally draw, I write the points changes into my codex with there a pen. Go. There you go. Easy enough. You don't have to bother with it. Um, 
Somebody asked about base sizes for orcs in rulings. There is no actual rule in that, correct? No, the, 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 guys, the, the, the rules writers at GW said they don't care what you put them on. Yeah. Right? So at this point in time, you can put your orcs or your space marines on whatever base you want. We always encourage you to do what they show you to do. Or put them on the with. ones that come in the box. Yeah. Uh, I put all my marines now on 32s. I'm going to switch my massive space wolf army to 32s. Uh, I would, though, say that in time, I think it's feasible that they have a base size chart as they do with Age of Sigmar, in which case you're going to want to do, you're going to, if you want to start transitioning over, I would say that's probably what's going to happen. I don't know, mm -hmm. but I would say you would probably want to get ready for that, but that you don't need to do it now. When you come to the Las Vegas Open, your orcs don't have to be on 32s, mm -hmm. um, but if you want to put them on like Ludas and uh, Storm Boys, it helps naturally stand up when you put them on 32s. I think they look better on the, I think everything looks better on 32s. The, the, the big thing is that things like Slugger Boys and stuff are dramatically less effective when they're on 32s. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, because you, you, you get less nice guys swings. in the combat. Yeah. Uh, what about armies that wear Admech armory, armor, RVD one of a kind? So I'm going to, this is pushing it a little bit, but I, I feel comfortable going this far. My Admech army. Now, again, I use a lot of the units that most people don't use. Right, my admic army went down in points after chapter approved three digits. And I want to say oh, that's as far as I'll go. Yeah, it it could be hundred. It could be more. It could be six hundred. A lot more. So nine hundred ninety nine. So now again, though, I use units that a lot of people don't use, but I, I'm I'm comfortable saying that much that I can now fit in several more units into my army. And I, I don't want to say anything more than that. It's a little teaser for you, but if you play Admech, I think you're going to be pretty stoked. I, I know I am. It's good. I'm actually thinking about playing them in the, the upcoming league. Yeah. I'm just kind of like waiting. I'm like, oh man, is it going to be... It'll be nice to see them. Again. Well, we have time? It's, to... it's one of those armies that you kind of forgot was around yeah. because they're just not point costing yeah. that well. So yeah, uh, to the question, it's scrolling up too quickly, but chapter approved is almost all improvements to... Uh, uh, existing armies. There's except a ton for, of stuff. Except for Necrons there. and Tau got point increases. Uh, all across the board. Yes. <laughs> no, they did not. No, they did not. Dude, Tau is going to be stoked with chapter approved. So is Necrons. Everyone, everyone, everyone's coming out looking good with this one. Uh, uh, and then there's there's new missions in there that I think are really good. Uh, there's all kinds of good stuff in there. So um, obviously we have to wait for GW to start revealing, mm -hmm. and we'll talk more about it. But um, I think it's it's fun to give a little bit of information there. Without saying anything detailed, will I be happy about my Primaris? Uh, yeah, everyone wearing power armor is going to have going to be doing a little jig. Uh, will Gene Sealer Colt players be happy with chapter proof? Says Buzzjay. You know what? I guess you're going to have to wait and see on that. But uh, I would imagine that you're probably not going to get a whole lot of attention uh, in there. Uh, let me see. I put a post-it note with updated points in the points section of my codex. Yeah, that's another way to do it. Uh, I like, you know what I do? I get the old chalky whiteout. I just white it out and then scratch on with a pen and then scratch that out and put white out. It's really good. Well, yeah, you just yeah. white it out or whatever. It's no big deal. Uh, phase that up. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like all my lists. I use units that most people don't use or consider bad. That's, I, that's just what I, I enjoy playing the game that way. And if you're a player like me, chapter proves me really nice to you. Um, if you're using kind of like the soup du jour, maybe not. But then again, why would it? You're already doing well. You don't really need a boost. Uh, alpha Nucleon. 
Question, any news from Frankie and Jeff? I haven't seen them since Nova. Still on their super secret project or have they moved on to something else instead? Um, it's, not, we, it's not a secret project. Well, we can't, we, we're not, we can't talk about it yet. Um, They're still- I, I don't want, you know what? Just hang tight on that. Um, I think you could probably count on seeing more of Frankie and Jeff, but when and where and in what capacity, we'll wait for them to make that announcement. We don't want to steal their thunder. Uh, but yeah, it was Mariana too. She's not in front of the camera, but she's behind it. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll hang tight to talk more about that. Uh, Primark Severius, say Reese, the new Spears of the Emperor chapter has rules now. Uh, are you counting them as legal, the Spears of the Emperor chapter? Mm. And I, I actually don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I apologize. Yes. Uh, Deviant Duck, will the new Sisters of Battle Codex be allowed at the LVO? It won't be... It won't only be allowed, it will be required because that is your new book. Ooh. So yeah, uh, if you're a Sisters player or you have a Sisters detachment in your army, uh, you will be using that. And thank you for reminding me, um, we will be requiring list submission for the LVO this year. Um, I just got off the phone with the BCP guys, uh, just had a conference call yesterday, and they will be ready to go for the LVO with their new really, really cool uh, uh, data analytics update to Best Coast Pairings. So again, we're gonna be broadcasting this from now to the event. Um, I haven't decided exactly at what point, it's gonna be at least a week, maybe two weeks ahead of the LVO. You're gonna be required to submit your list and you're gonna be required to write it in the ETC style format. I know there's some people who have mixed feelings about it, but there's a lot of reasons why we're doing it. Um, the ETC format's used by thousands of people already. Mm -hmm. um, it's very succinct. It has all the information, typically on one page, unless you have a gigantic army. Uh, it's, you don't have to have any special, you don't have to buy anything. You just need a word processor, which you can, it's, you can do that online now. You don't even have to own Microsoft Word. Uh, you can do it with Google Docs, which is free. Mm -hmm. And what it, the, the reason that we're doing this one, you have to submit your list, uh, uh, we'll lock them in and then everybody can see them and start having fun doing Theory Hammer. But two, and this is the big part, uh, the, the, the program that BCP has written is gonna go uh, look at the lists. It's a spider that's gonna run, run through them all and then we'll be able to collect a ton of awesome data. Uh, like what armies are people playing? What units are people playing? Um, it'll be able to validate what your primary faction is because sometimes people get that wrong Right, like, oh, they put down Harlequins, but they're actually Eldari or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to help us to go and, and, and get all that and make everything more accurate and give us incredibly accurate data on what is actually being used, what's good, what's not. And now it's no longer people just trading opinions. It's real factual evidence. So it's, it's after a big they deal. submit the list, though, can they change their list? No. Once they're locked, they're locked. They're locked in. Yep. Once they're locked, they're locked. Choose wisely. Yeah. So we've never done this before. It's, it's a bit of a change. We have still have plenty of time, but I just want to start getting that information out there. If you don't know what the ETC format is, just go do a Google search, very easy to find. Um, and it's, it's seriously, you don't need anything to do it. I know a lot of people are like, why aren't you using this third party program or that third party program? We're not gonna require anybody to buy anything um, to do it. And um, we're not going to use a program that sort of uses a loophole to kind of use uh, Games Workshop's IP um, without really having permission to do so. 
that's not conducive to our long-term goals. Because I know a lot of people are like, you know, asking that question and it's a legitimate question. But for what we're trying to do, big term, long term, that's not the, the choice that's going to help us out the most. Mm-hmm. So what we've been, what we have been doing is, is talking to some of the third party um, list writing people out there that, are, that, are, that work hard and make a good product. And we're encouraging them to come up with a, an ETC style output. So if you know them, if you are one of them, um, and you would like to continue to use their, um, their software in a polite and friendly way, reach out and let them know. Um, it'd be really cool if you did this because until GW finishes their app, this is gonna be the way we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then when, of course, when GW ever puts points into their list building app, then we'll be happy to use it. But at this point in time, we can't. So yeah, that's that's the direction that we're going. So get ready to let your friends know if you're coming to the LVO. And we're gonna be doing this for all of our events going forward. It's probably gonna become the norm, just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the way we're gonna do it. And when you all see the data that comes out of it, it's gonna be, amazing uh and then of course chapter tactics pablo's crew they're going to be um uh, taking the first crack at analyzing the data it's going to be so cool right Mm -hmm. it is going to be awesome so can't wait for that very exciting news any other questions uh oh black library new book has a data sheet says phase that up i was actually unaware of that um pass uh, the data sheet is not published in a codex, but a black library novel extra. Well, all right. Uh, will uh, focus water, will rules released after lifts, list submission be allowed? That's kind of what I'm still trying to figure out what the, the best date yeah. is. Because obviously you can't allow new rules material after you've submitted lists. Right. That would turn into a, a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, my thought was a week out because that still gives people plenty of time for last minute stuff. Yeah. However, the problem with that is, is that basically a week out from when the LVO starts, we're already on the road. Yeah. So we're not even near our computers. So yeah. it's probably going to have to be two weeks out yeah. to lock it down. But when's the usual cutoff for codexes being used? Is it's, it one month? Traditionally, it's a month, but I don't feel like that's necessary in this day and age. Um, it's not like everybody's like memorizing every codex. Like in the right. old days, when there was only two or three codexes a year, that made sense. Yeah. But now when things come out so quickly, it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. People acclimate to things much more quickly now. Yeah. So um, it, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards two weeks. We'll let you guys know. But uh, as soon as we know, yeah. um, we'll, we'll broadcast that. Carl. Uh, Wolf Priest, Carl, what time does the beginning AOS League start usually? We usually get going, we say 7 to 9 p.m. on Wednesdays, but it's actually been more like 6 to 9 p.m. And uh, it's usually Wednesdays, but uh, if you want to join the group, we'll put you in the chat and you'll, we'll, you'll know. Mm-hmm. And mostly right now, we're just hanging around, uh, hobbying. A couple of the guys have been playing games because our armies are done, but I'm a little slower. Uh, Deviant Duck, will the list be public for community error checking? Yeah, that's part of the point. Mm-hmm. That's part of the point. Um, because, you know, with 808 people registered for the 40K Championships event at the LVO, which is insane, mm-hmm. there's no way we're going to be able to check every list. It's not possible. Yeah. However, with a Somebody team of people, will. with a team of people like, guy. well, there's going to be tens of thousands of people looking at these yeah. lists, right? And they're going to be scrutinizing them and they're much more likely to catch stuff, mm-hmm. which is great. That's the whole idea. We don't want someone to be there with an illegal list because that sucks, you know? The, the consequences are pretty severe. Mm-hmm. 
Down Under Network. Hey, good morning, FLG. First time I've ever caught live signals. Well, good morning to you there in Australia. Not necessarily Australia. Down Under Gaming? Where else would that be? Somewhere else. Well, anyway, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed episode 617 of Signals from the Frontline. It's really good to be back, and we can't wait to talk to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming, and we shall see you next time.